Welcome to Buffalo Bull Sessions, the podcast that brings the outdoors to you. I'm your host, Dylan Smith. This week, I had Joe Mayhew and Gunnar Bullard with Gunner's Guide Service on to talk about Canada geese and other species of waterfowl. According to the dictionary, the definition of freer is not under control or in the power of another, able to act or be done as one wishes. Freer Outdoor was created to inspire others to live life freer and live life to the fullest. Follow them on Instagram at Freer Outdoor, that's F-R-E-E-R, or check out their website at freeroutdoorco.com, F-R-E-E-R outdoorco.com. No matter what you choose to do in life or whatever passion you pursue, you'll enjoy it more if you're freer. With the crazy weather that Oklahoma has brought over the last several years, you might be in need of a new roof without knowing it. So if you are unsure about the integrity of your roof, give Austin McDowell with Oklahoma Roofing Associates a call for a free statewide inspection. 405-919-0764. Oklahoma Roofing Associates are the most professional roofers in the business. They will help walk you through the claims process. They'll be there when the adjuster comes, and because of them, the process will be smooth and effortless. Call Austin McDowell at Oklahoma Roofing Associates at 405-919-0764 and tell them Dylan sent you. All right. We have uh, Joseph Mayhew and Gunnar Bullard with Gunner's Guide Service out here in northwestern Oklahoma uh, for uh, Buffalo Bull Sessions episode number two. Welcome, guys. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. What's up? Uh, we got we got just so you guys know we got some new audio equipment and uh we're working through the kinks right now so uh bear with us as we go through it but um yeah we got some actual official podcasting equipment not just recording off of a little recorder anymore so it's serious uh what have you guys been up to oh just chasing birds trying to find feeds and kind of do well nice so we're in the middle of uh, Oklahoma goose season, Canadian goose, geese, those cranes, yeah, all of it. So when does that start? Do you know when uh, Oklahoma season starts? Ducks and geese started November 14th, Santa cranes opened up earlier, October 24th I think was opener. So we're just just now starting to get a good push of birds, it's pretty early still in the season, but um, kind of late December, January, and then into early February is how long we'll go. Start getting good, typically around that second half of the season, uh, which we just started about a week ago. So, so more more birds come in. Yeah, late December. Starting to get cold up north, and the north's getting snow and pushing birds down. So, have you guys seen a lot? Really, we've been shooting. I mean, we've been shooting the same group of geese for the past month, probably. We've got a little push, but not. I still think a bunch of birds are held up in Nebraska, Kansas. Yeah, so they're still making their way. Yeah, so we need that to. Water to freeze up and feed to get covered by snow. That's what's going to really force the birds down here. But until then, we'll chip away what we got. So, so there's more we'll... ducks pushing in. Um, lots more ducks around more than early season. Right. Um, but like he said, we've been hunting the same geese for a while now. It's getting tough. Yeah, so um, I went out, was it two weekends ago? Last yep. weekend, two weekends yep. ago? Two weekends ago. We went out, uh, Gunner and Joseph, they took me out to uh, kind of where I'm from out here in Oklahoma and we were on the edge of a wheat field 
us, and we killed. There's an eight Canadian Canadian geese, which are the you know run of the mill black or brown. Are they black or brown? They're gray with a black name. Black they're about color. every color. Yeah. 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 There's a limit on uh, eight of those, and we had eighty-seven total. Yeah. We yep. killed eighty-six. Uh, we've got eighty-six Canadas and then two uh, one spec. Yeah, we only got about one spec that day. So what is a spec? Uh, it's a greater white-fronted goose. It's a just a brown goose. Which once they get older, they start developing kind of black spots and bar, they call them bars. Um, so people call them bar bellies, specks. Uh, what are the limits on those specks? Do those factor in your eight limit or? Um, you can kill eight Canada geese and then two specks. And in Oklahoma, we have a, a limit of fifty snows, and uh, that probably won't. Really For course, just snows you're gonna. So we don't see many snow geese around we, here. You'll see a few. You'll see quite a bit. Um, kill them, and it's a different story. Yeah, they're pesky. Like pushing a little bit later in the season, to, in, in big numbers, we'll get. I mean, we'll shoot some. Like we'll have a feed of say two thousand cannons, and we'll have maybe fifty snows mixed in. But um, they're kind of known for being more weary and just a trickier bird to shoot for whatever reason. Right. So, so the specs are pretty fun thing to shoot we got one of those and that was a big deal did that uh one of the guys that were with us i think he was going to get it mounted did he yep. end up getting it mounted? uh i think he did end up putting it in the freezer to get stuff later on that's pretty awesome it's a pretty mature bird so like i said they took me out a couple weekends ago and i've never done much goose hunting i went as a child um with my dad once we went up to uh, the great salt plains up there in far northwestern oklahoma and I remember as a little kid, there were we didn't have many uh, decoys. We were in a, a blind, like an underground blind that was like concrete in the middle, middle of this wheat field. And um, they would come off the reservation, and uh, they would uh, they would just be flying over, but they'd be like a hundred hundred yards off the, off the ground. Yeah, I mean, they'd be really high, and you'd just be lobbing shots out there. <laughs> but what you guys do is so or at least what you did. I don't know if you guys do this every time, but we lined up on the side of a wheat field and we put, how many decoys did you guys put out there? Like we were running probably close to uh, 15, 18 dozen, somewhere. Yeah, it wasn't a very big spread. Well, yeah, it's no. a smaller spread that day. No. That was a smaller spread? Yeah. Yeah, like ideally I'd like to run 25 to 35 dozen. That is day, ridiculous. There were two trailer full, three? Trailer fulls yeah, of decoys? Well, um, we've been running decoys out of two trailers. Uh, keep the blinds in one, just keep it separate, clean, tidy. But, um, yeah, that definitely was a smaller spread compared to what we run later in the season. Um, but can they do? Right. So these these geese, Gunner was uh, calling. Joe was taking pictures. Or maybe you were calling. Yeah. And Cody. Both calling. Yeah. Uh, there was three of us calling that day. And... How far away do you think these geese would turn around? We'd see them, like, it looked like they were over, you know, a couple miles away, and they would come in and would get in those blinds, and they'd, they'd swarm in. On that day, the majority of the geese were roosting about probably a half mile. Would have been behind us, um, but there's several roosts around there. Some of them are coming from two or three miles away. It just depended which roost they're coming off of, but I don't know how far they can actually hear you. Right. It, it's a... It's yeah, more of a confidence deal. We speed. blow the call in, in thinking that they can hear us now. If they actually can or not, I have no clue. So like I said, I, I haven't ever hunted like that. Um, I've jumped a couple ponds, and like I said, as a kid, and we went to the Great Salt Plains, but 
those geese come in and you would let, like if a group of 200 came in, about 50 of them would be in the decoys before we pulled up and started shooting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ideally that's every, every outfitter's goal is to get, you know, birds in the decoys as close as we can. Um, realistically that doesn't happen. Just, I mean, we've been blessed this season. It's happened about every home, but I mean, good numbers of birds in the decoys and that's helped our numbers up a lot as far as uh, what we kill. But, um, Typically, our shots range from 20 to 40 yards, and so if I'm much further than that, we try to get work in closer. But sometimes we have to take flybys like that. So. Right. So uh, how how booked have you guys been since November? So starting off this first season, I knew it'd be tough getting clients. Um, I think we ran six or seven <coughs> crews. Uh, a bunch of people want to shoot cranes, and um, I didn't really have just the resources to chase cranes as aggressive as I'd like to this past season. Um, a lot of stuff was getting leased up and a lot of work up north where a lot of cranes were early season and just, I mean, there's people everywhere. Um, so it seems like people are figuring out that they're able to kill cranes. And it used to be this big elusive bird that nobody knew how to shoot. And now it's, I mean, everybody and their dogs hunting cranes now, so. So do you hunt cranes like off a of wheat field like we like we were the geese? Yeah, wherever they're at. But, they all go the same thing, so. That's awesome. So do you have, like, if someone were to call, also, I didn't realize you guys just started. I thought you guys have been doing this for a long time. I mean. So I've been guiding for, this is my, I would say, two and a half years. This would be my second and a half. I got, uh, started two years ago. Right. Last year, got into more, I mean, guided full time. Yeah. Um, pretty much November to February, and then uh, this season ended up doing my own thing, and starting my own guide service and um, been again incredibly blessed in how we've done so far and able to get some groups out and have some good success so it's been it's fun it's hard I mean it's more work than anybody would ever think it'd be but nothing I'd rather do so it'll wear you out fast for sure for sure now you guys I didn't realize how much work went into it as well um, I work night shifts at a laboratory and you guys told me to be at your house at 4 a.m. I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be off of it. <laughs> so as soon as I got off, you know, got in my car, headed out here to uh, BFE. And uh, <laughs> you guys were uh, ready to go. And we got out there. And um, you guys had these blinds. What are they called? The little layout blinds. Layout blinds. Yeah. And you'd have, we had a group of 11 guys. So there was about five of us that were, five or six of us putting out decoys, which took an hour at least. And like you guys said, you didn't even have the amount of decoys that you normally would want, which was crazy. But five or six guys putting out decoys, you had two or three guys with a um, wood, like what is that, a trimmer? It's like a hedge trimmer? Yeah. yeah. And so you guys would go to the pasture. So these uh, layout blinds, they were lined up on the fence line between a wheat field and this pasture. And we put them all right beside each other at these layout blinds. And the guy with the uh, hedge trimmer, he would go into that pasture and he would just cut down a bunch of like brush. Yep. And we'd brush. lay it all over the, the layout blinds. And after we went, so we laid everything out at 4.35 in the morning <laughs> and uh, went and got us some food. And then we went out there and the sun was... I'll never forget we were running. We parked the trucks about half half a mile away so that we could uh, so the geese wouldn't see them whenever they were coming in. 
and we were walking to the the blinds out there in the middle of that field or on the edge of that field and there were geese already coming into the decoys without anyone calling like they were they were coming before we even had like our guns were all sitting out there in the layout blinds <laughs> and one day we decided to go get a snack before we hunt yeah, yeah the geese fly early so that was awesome that was awesome that was that was the most fun i've ever had waterfowl hunting for sure and uh give an extra thanks to you guys that was that was really fun but um so what do you guys have coming up do you guys have a lot of availability are you pretty booked up or oh we've got about what two weeks till christmas so i've got i've got people asking i've got like three groups that i want to get out before now and then um, i haven't actually got down to schedule anything but uh, i've got one group that's they're not even booked to hunt with me but they're in town until wednesday and they said that if we find anything let them know and they'll be here um so kind of the next three four days we're gonna see if we can't get on something for them um we've got a big feed tomorrow that hopefully lord willing if everything works as planned we should do uh, pretty good on that one tomorrow uh, as long as the birds birds play in the snow so yeah. we'll be there since they show up just like we talked about earlier the weather it's kind yeah. of it's yeah. coming tomorrow and we're going to try to hunt yeah. it so yeah it's supposed to be snowing um tonight yeah, possibly. And we're going. Uh, they're saying up to six inches. So we'll That's going to be fun. I'd rather it snow than rain, though. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to be. They invited me to uh, go out with them again tomorrow morning. So I'm going to be out there in a layout blind, taking pictures and letting my Benelli 12 gauge rain. So uh, three and a half inch shells is what I was using, and uh, the next day I woke up with a little bit of a bruise on my shoulder. <laughs> so you don't need to use the three and a half inch uh, shells, obviously. But so, just an overall twelve gauge uh, steel shot. Yep. Uh, why do they, do you know why they use steel shot for uh, the geese? Then waterfowl, like just in general, um, some places allow lead shot for sand up cranes. Typically, you're not shooting them over water. Um, waterfowl is there's a big concern as far as the environment goes of lead getting in water in yeah. fields and places you don't want it to be. Right. Um, for feeding reasons for the yeah. waterfowl feed. Yeah. So, no poison them. Yeah, it just takes care of the fish, takes care of the plants, takes care of the birds. Um, getting lead in the water. Yeah. Uh, dry fields, I wouldn't think it matter too much, but it's just kind of like it's a federal rule, so we, yeah. we, we stick to it, obviously. But, um, yeah, people often get that, like I said, you're shooting three and a half inch shells. Um, when people think Canada geese, they think of the big graders, you know, the honkers. Um, but what we're shooting down here in these bigger feeds is a lot of lessers and cacklers, which are, you know, a cacker is about the size of a big mallard. So, I mean, I shoot three-inch threes all season long. And uh, I think Joe shoot twos or threes as well. And we yep. shoot, I mean, half of us don't have, half the people don't have guns that shoot three-and-a-half-inch shells. So, right. three-inch threes, three-inch twos, that's, that's more than plenty to right. knock them down. So. Especially when you're getting them, putting them. Yeah, when you put them in the decoys. Decoys, too, yeah. But. So, for the random person out there that's never gone goose hunting, what do you need for just to go? Like well, what do you need there. and what do you want are two different things. Mm-hmm. Like, like can, legally, I guess you could say. Legally. Game warden stops by and checks us. What do we need to have? So you're thinking through our licensing. So, yeah, yeah, legally licensing, it would be in the state of Oklahoma, you'd need, if you don't have a lifetime hunting license, you would need, obviously, your federal duck stamp, um, your Oklahoma duck so waterfowl license. stamp, yeah. Um, then your hip permit, uh, and then your hunting license, obviously. Um, and then there's a separate sandhill crane permit if you decide to yep. chase them as well. You don't have to have that to hunt ducks and geese, but if you are chasing cranes, obviously you've got to have it. So, so that's going to be well over 100 bucks. 
Uh, I think it. I think it's like ninety seven. Yeah, it's right around hundred dollars. Yeah. So plus shells. Yeah, that, that's gonna, for uh, residents though. I don't know what the non-resident <coughs> right, fee yeah. is for that. Typically, they got like a three day or five day. Um, I'm not sure what Oklahoma's is, but and what a lot of people don't know is all that money or a large majority of that money goes to the Oklahoma Wildlife Department. Yeah, reallocated uh, towards it. Like your duck stamp or your waterfowl stamp. That's actually yeah, your federal duck stamp. I think hundred percent. Like. I think it's 100% of that goes back into the waterfowl um, community. Yeah. So like your uh, reservations, um, stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, then again, like if you're talking like licensing, that's that. If you're going to do, if you're going to go actually hunt them, you got to have steel shot, uh, ducks and geese for steel shot. Um, then I don't know, you probably need some decoys. Right. I guess you could go sit by a pond and cross your fingers. But so it kind of blew my mind how much you guys have spent on these decoys. Yeah, so there's six, what are, what are these, what are these decoys called? These ones right here, these Tangle are, Freeze. Yeah, we run uh, Tangle Freeze, Replicas, and that's pretty, that's pretty much what we run. So, GHGs, GHGs, replicas, yeah. so for those six decoys, how much, how much are those? Right? Those six right there will cost somebody $160. That is ridiculous. <laughs> if you saw the amount of decoys these guys have, if six of these cost, 160 180 bucks that that's like nauseating so you guys have really put some time and money into this so you guys yeah we uh well like Kenner said he started his own thing this year but um prior to that prior to him starting his own he got it outside of his own deal um but all summer long me and him we both have i wouldn't say full-time well his was full-time yeah seasonal jobs um and we work just about every day, Saturday, Sundays, you get off sometimes, but working hard to uh, put money away for the season, and that's to run our pickups constantly to find the birds for gas, you know. Um, then with his deal, he decoys and blinds, but it gets expensive fast. For sure. You guys, these guys have put in the work and uh, the time, and it's uh, it's paid off. Like, like I said a couple weekends ago, that was – unlike anything I've ever been a part of. It was, it was really fun. But, um, so have you guys always just been waterfowl or if you guys, do you, do you guys hunt other stuff or is it mainly waterfowl? Um, I've, we haven't, I haven't guided anything besides, and I wouldn't even say I'm really much of a guide. I do what I can do to help Gunner, but, um, I, uh, I, I, I would like to say that I, waterfowl is my first year really helping, or I helped some of them last year, not much, but this year is a full, First time I've ever really put all of it into waterfowl. Uh, I do deer hunt, I cow hunt, but waterfowl is where I, it's fine. I'm, that's where I get the energy and the uh, adrenaline rush, really. What about you, Gunner? Um, I started out, I mean, as long as I can remember, I've been hunting, trapping, fishing, and uh, grew up in Colorado, so I was able to do a lot of um, trapping beavers, bobcats, raccoons, skunks, that type of deal. Right. Um, went hunting, duck hunting with my dad, just in some wildlife management areas. Uh, my dad and my brother used to go out over our dozen flambeau duck decoys, and we'd sit in the reeds, and uh, we'd do what we could by shooting ducks and blowing our old Primo's duck calls. Yeah. You know, really new back then, but what we were doing as far as setting a spread or calling the ducks or hiding, or it was just a different ball game back then when life was easy, but um, <coughs> me and Joey talk about that a lot. It's like, where were we, you know, five years ago, six years ago? Yeah. where we've been since then um, and I mean even just like this year Joe has been progressed as far as his calling and figuring out birds and all that I mean it's been it's been cool to watch and help kind of 
help him on his way to becoming a waterfowl, like a, a good waterfowler. Um, and so he said he wasn't much of a guy. I mean, he, he can hold his own, so don't let him fool you. So, uh, but yeah, I've been kind of switched over full time to waterfowl. I got tired of the deer hunting thing. I just don't have patience for it. I like birds <laughs> coming to me more than waiting on a single deer to walk out. I like seeing shooting a lot, shooting more than once, yeah. yeah, and seeing uh, seeing more than ten deer one morning or one entire days. Right. Yeah. More of my speed, but uh, so you've been doing this since you were a little guy. Yeah, I didn't like. I took a break from waterfowl probably until oh, I was shoot seventeen, and then kind of picked it back up. And again, back then it was sit on the side of a pond with a dozen decoys and hope something flies by and shoot it. You know, right. But sure. Over the past probably three or four years, I've really kind of begin to take it more serious. And I, I wouldn't say I've been hunting at this caliber until I really started guiding. Right. Um, so about two and a half, three years. So that's awesome. Been been a lot of learning. A lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error. Um, getting burned a lot, but we're we're figuring it out. And we're making piles now, so we're doing all right. That's awesome. I remember the first time Jill went out duck hunting. Yeah, and I went out. My dad took us. Yeah. Well, just like you know, like Gunner said, um, when you start, like my dad, I've been hunting since I was five. Shot my first deer when I was six, and I've been hunting since then. I uh, I did not waterfowl hunt until I was probably probably 14 or 15 I knew nothing about it my dad didn't do it um and me and my brother and one of our other buddies who hunt with quite often we literally just would go sit at a pond we didn't have decoys for the longest time and hope that a duck showed up and we would shoot it off the water and we would these ducks would come in and they would never land we sounded like someone blowing a kazoo uh it wasn't well it wasn't good at all so we started there and uh Started figuring out ducks more, you know. We could uh, started driving, scouting, yeah. you know, finding more birds, taking it serious. Yeah, and then taught ourselves. I almost, like I said, no one waterfowl hunted around here for the longest time, and it's gotten crazy. Everyone's doing it. Yeah. Now I saw a guy on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if we want to get into this. Yeah, I want to get into this. I saw a guy on Facebook. So you have that. You have some haters out there. Yeah, it gets. Uh, it's a little competitive in the waterfowl. It is, and that's there. honestly, it's one of the. Uh, I love waterfowl hunting. I do. Um, it gets very toxic. There's a lot of people who wish no luck to anybody, and that's yeah. not how we roll. Um, Big Gunner started out this year, and that's the first thing we said. We're, it's going to get. There's always like there's always someone wishing you the worst luck, and that's just how it is. And we sat down and said that's not going to be us. Right. Um, we're going to wish everyone the best luck if you find the fee before we do, so be it. Yeah. So, I mean, I had, oh, I probably dropped 500. I was following, you know, let's say I was following 750 people on Instagram. I now follow 170 because I got to the point where I just, if I didn't know you, I didn't follow you back. I was getting so caught up in what everybody else was doing right. that it was really distracting from what I wanted to do. Um, and just to kind of clear that up and get like, my own picture of what I was doing and be content what I was doing and not getting jealous. And like, we're still getting caught up in like, you know, some things you just, you're going to see. Right. Um, when somebody kills a 150 bird pile, you're going to see that. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, we all wish we were there, but also like we're, Joey and I are talking about this somewhere here, like we're, we're perfectly content where we're at. I mean, yeah. We guys are slaying them. We're doing all right. So. And that's, that, that's, like I said, and the biggest picture for us is like, we if we go out there and we're hunting a 10,000 bird feed, we kill 40 geese. We're fine with that. It's what was meant to happen. We put in the time to get there, you know, be safe, get everyone there safe, and do it right. And uh, and we're going to do it right. And we're going to do it legal. And if it works out, it works out. Right. And 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 put God first. And that's the deal. Like Gunner, 
he's really introduced that. It's put golf first, like, over everything, so. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, well, hunters need to understand out there. So, like, this guy, like I, like I was mentioning, this guy on Facebook, he was, he's an older guy. He's a hater, is what they call him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to see you young guys uh, get out there and form a guiding service and, you know, be successful at it. But what hunters need to understand is, you know, we're, we're already a small uh, subset of people. Like, any given day, hunting and conservation is at the verge of, you know, being on the outs. Like, people don't understand that, number one, hunters, you know, they put the most money into conservation of, like, North American species than anyone else. Um, number two, that, I don't know, we don't need to, you don't need to, you know, come at some kids that are just out here hunting, trying to get something going just because you're jealous. So this guy was also, I don't know if he does his own guiding thing, but, uh, he, he definitely did not want to see you guys doing well. He was a little jealous of the lineup that you guys had and which I, which I've learned is a thing with, uh, yeah. waterfowl you you make a lineup at the end and you get your it's kind of like a your flex it's yeah. like Pop. It's, like, it's like your squat match <laughs> <laughs> like, what's, yeah. what's your biggest lineup buddy yeah it's uh well, it's, and not, it's it's tough now because i mean it seems like anybody who can afford a truck and some decoys wants to be a guy mm-hmm. right um, and there's a big difference between guiding and hunting um it's a different sure. it's on many different levels yeah exactly number and one well yeah go ahead Jake. uh I didn't mean to steal it from you, but like different levels. Kind of, Gunner's going to say it better than, than I can, but <clears throat> he's been doing it longer. But it's who is going to put the time in and want to do it right. And then there's the guys that are going to, there's birds there, let's go hunt them. Right. Well, and like everybody's definition of guiding and hunting and doing it right. You know, everybody's got a different view on it. Right. Um, but like you've got to come to the point. I, I was super hesitant to start my own thing because I didn't want to be that other college kid and start his own guy service because he wanted to make some money to support his hobby. Right. Um, and like a lot of people are going to look at me and say, that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, if I could afford to do it as a hobby, I would. Right. Um, but I mean, I put more money than you want to know into getting my trailer, fueling up my truck. Fixing your truck. Decoys, fixing, <laughs> yeah, my dang truck. Fixing my truck. Um, buying decoys, buying blinds. I mean, I, I didn't take out a loan. I worked my butt off last summer, past couple of years, put money aside and, paid for everything up front so that's awesome it's i i put a lot of money a lot of time a lot of effort into it um so i need to get some of that back and again i want to get people out that so i got some clients from louisiana um and they've never experienced use hunt before you know a dry field use hunt and so these are super cool and we got them out and we killed uh 113 birds their their first first day um and so i mean Smile ear to ear, hooping and hollering, videos and pictures the whole time, and they were having an awesome time. And they, they never experienced anything. And like to, to take somebody, it's like you can put the joy of a kid on Christmas into a grown man by shooting yeah. birds. For sure. And like that's what we live for. Yeah. So, for sure. Um, but going back to um, what I was saying, is like there's so many people that call themselves an outfitter or a this and that outdoors or whatever that has no business being. A guide service, right? And that sounds harsh, but reality of it is, is if you're gonna hunt with your buddies, hunt with your buddies and have a good time, but don't try to make a dollar to support your hobby. your hobby, yeah. exactly. Uh, and because they're gonna, 
they're going to give the rest of the people that are doing it right and putting a lot of time and money and effort into it, they're going to give all of them a bad name. Yeah. Um, and they're going to, they're going to have like a lot of these so-called like haters, they wouldn't be around if there was, if it was easy and cheap. And, yeah. And if, um, outfitters just did it yep. right every time. Yep. Right. Um, and if they outfitters were legit outfitters instead of this college kid that wants to support his hobby. Right. Know? Um, and again, like that's why I was so hesitant to start my own and go up on my own. Um, not only that reason, but I had a lot of people just say I couldn't. Uh, so it was kind of like a watch me type of deal. Right. Um, but I, just, I wanted to do it right. And right. I wanted to, to get people out on like good experiences and make sure they're getting their money's worth. Right. Um, and kind of break the mold of that college kid starting his own outfitter because he wants to pay for his hobby. You know. Yeah. yeah. You guys weren't even. You guys weren't even shooting whenever I went a couple yeah. weekends ago. You guys were. Calling them in. And it's hard not just, to shoot sometimes. And it wasn't, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's tempting. You put a hundred birds in the decoys and the trigger finger gets itchy. It's, yeah, it's, it wasn't, it's it, tough. It was my priority is making sure everybody else gets their birds and taking care of my dog. I've got a young dog coming in the season and still needs some work, um, but she's doing good. And so taking care of my dog, making sure everybody's safe, making sure I'm putting birds in front of people that they can shoot them. I mean, that's, yep. that's my job. Yep. So yeah. That's what I'm getting paid for. So and uh, I'm going to rewind real quick back to that outfitter deal. You put your, put it, there's so many people who put outfitter behind their name now right? Um, that aren't outfitters. Um, it just ruins it for a lot of people who are trying to do it right, take it serious. And they put outfitter behind their name. They go hunt somebody's field. Uh, somebody drives by, sees outfitter. That means usually, you know, clients. they've got paying clients. Right. And they're, they're taking people who are paying. Either that can upset the farmer um, because you're making money off him right. and you're not paying him or telling him that. Or two, they leave the field, they leave a gate open, they leave shells in the field, they don't clean up their mess, and then that ruins it for a lot of other people, not right. just outfitters, just kids who want to do it for fun as well. For sure. <clears throat> no, I know what you mean. Um, so, like I said a couple weekends ago, whenever we went out, I will, uh, I will never forget, whenever I was laying in bed that night, <laughs> trying to go to sleep, all I heard was those <laughs> geese flying right above us. And they have these, so in those layout blinds, they have these mesh covers that you can see, you can see above you. And you're, so you're on your back, you're facing up to the sky. And um, there's these mesh covers so you can see just what's flying above you. And you can barely see, really. But so they're calling them in. And there's like layers. So they, they I don't know, they circle in, like they work, they work in from the sky. And there's one group that comes in first, and the other groups are still circling above. They kind of circle, spiral down onto the decoy. Like a tornado. Yeah, and the entire time you guys are working them. And I, I can see them flying above, like 20 feet above me. And I'm like, so what Gunner does, Gunner just says, shoot them whenever, you know, there's enough birds. Somehow he knows that there's enough birds there for us to shoot. And so they're, they're circling in, and I'll, I'll never forget that. That's all I could hear whenever I was trying to, you know, fall asleep is that, like, oh, oh, oh. Like, <laughs> there sounds like, there sounds like there's a thousand of them, and you're like, come on. Like, what? <laughs> there's, there's plenty out there to shoot. Um, but you can, I remember looking up at that mesh, and there's three layers of uh, geese. So how do you guys work them? Like, how do you know, like, is it just, like, instinctual, or do they just slowly come in, or? So... I mean, it's going to be different in every situation. That's when you get into kind of reading birds, um, which, I mean, anybody that has hunted knows, I mean, your geese are going to get lower, they're going to get lower. If they start to pick up, I mean, you're either doing something wrong, they saw something, or, I mean, it's time to shoot them. Right. And so, 
again, I call it reading birds, being able to see what the birds like, what they don't like, how they react to certain situations. Um, and I mean, I've hunted with a lot of people, and I honestly think that's just a God-given gift. Right. Like, not everybody can do it. Um, and it's not really something you can teach. Right. Um, but once you kind of begin to notice things, and I'm not saying that I'm like, I'm a bird whisperer or anything like that. Um, I, again, I've, we've been blessed with a ton of success this season and doing that, but and again, putting birds on the ground, but you've got to be able to tell what they like, what they don't like. Um, again, our goal every time is to put as many birds on the ground as we can before we come shoot. Right. You're being more ethical. You're able to shoot more. I mean, your shot to hit ratio is going to go up or hit to shot. Oh, that's going to go up. And then, you know, you're going to be able to make bigger piles with fewer birds. Right. Um, and so it's all just kind of, we call them the sucker birds. You want to get those sucker birds, the first one or two to give it up. Um, you're looking for those one or two birds that are typically they're a lower bird. You're watching them. Once they commit, they suck down all the way to the decoy, sit on the ground. Then, I mean, as long as they don't spook, as long as they're comfortable, you know you got them. Right. they're typically those one or two are going to pull the rest of that flock down. Right. Um, and now that being said, we've had multiple times where, you know, we have 100 birds working us, they're getting in. We put five on the ground, well, then the rest go back for another spin. Yeah. Um, by spin, I mean, they swing over the decoy, they swing back out into the field. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think, oh, those birds are leaving, they're gone. If you got the five, the rest are spooking, they're gone. Um, so they'll, they'll call it there, they'll kill the five on the ground. And, again, that's not, that's not wrong. Right. Um, there's a chance those birds don't come back. It's always a chance you want to take. Right. Um, and I'm very greedy in how we do it. I try to be as patient as I can. I want to get as many on the ground as we can. So when they go back after that spin, unless those five on the ground are spooked or something goes on that I don't like, I don't call a shot. Right. And there's still 100 birds in the air. So I let them spin around. Um, and we actually had a hunt earlier this season. Um, we put um, probably... <laughs> 40 to 50 birds on the ground and there was still at least that many in the air um, and Joe's sitting right by me in his lead lines and he's there, was, there was more in the air there was a couple hundred probably well, yeah, it was the Louis- <laughs> back to the little crazy Louisiana boys yeah we put probably about 50 birds on the ground I guess 100 or so kind of swing out in the way and uh, it looked like they were going away too wind's blowing hard it, I thought I was done for and yeah, I just hear Joe, a couple of the birds on the ground get up, but the rest are still pretty comfortable. I can see that, and I hear Joe say, should have called it, and I go, uh, and then right as I'm saying, uh, they turn back, <laughs> come in, do it perfect, we sit another 50 down, and then I call it. And I mean, we had a 26-bird rain out yep. of that flock yep. with 11 guns, so I mean, our, like I said, our hit ratio was was there that morning, so that's awesome. Yeah, I uh, felt stupid after that. As soon as they turned <laughs> back around, I was like, ah, never mind, well done. That's what yeah. a couple years ago, I didn't yeah. Also, another thing is that last group that came in a couple weeks ago, weekends ago, um, there were still plenty of geese in the air. There were oh, a couple yeah. coming down. And yeah, I don't know. Do you peek out your layout blind whenever you're calling, or do you just sit in that mesh? So, I always laugh at this because, like, the whole time we stress like being all the way in your blind because I mean your hides. If the birds see you, they're not going to work. Whether you right. have a hundred decoys, whether you have five thousand decoys, you know. Right. Um, if they see you, they know something's off, they're gone. Right. And so we always stress, like, get all the way under the mesh, get all the way in your blind. Um, and we call it pie facing. And someone's face is out and they're looking at all the birds, you know, like the sun's shining off their skin, you know, birds are probably going to see that. Um, but that being said, I'm the biggest pie facer in the whole group. Right. Um, 
But I say that because I have to be able to see. Right. You know, I've got to know what birds are on the ground, what birds above us are doing. And there's a difference between, you know, an excited client that's looking left and right about as fast as they can and shaking their whole head and blind around looking around. Um, and then me kind of like slowly looking and moving. And right. I've got to know what's going on. You know, it's my job to call a shot and know what the birds are doing and all that. Yeah. Um, and so, so that, so that last group working in, um, I thought there were plenty of birds on the ground, but it was our last group. I mean, we couldn't kill, I think we could kill like seven more and then we were all going to be limited out. Yeah. We were, yeah. we were pretty close on that. So, uh, well, no, it wasn't even that. Like we had, we had just had a big rain out though. We had a 20 bird rain out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Too. yeah. We did have a big rain out. We, we needed like, uh, I think we needed eight or nine, like yeah. you said, closer to the, but single yeah. so Gunner, Gunner's, <clears throat> oh, I was right next to Gunner in the layout blind and, um, I thought there were plenty of birds on the decoys and Gunner goes, there's a speckled a hundred yards out. And so there's like, and I have no clue. I had never heard that term. And I'm sitting there and all I hear is like, Hey Joe, do you have a video? Send me a video of, uh, do you have some videos of that? I can play it on here so they can hear what it sounds yeah, like. Oh, yeah. One second. So, so Gunner says there's a speckle coming in like a hundred yards out. I have no clue what that means. I'm picturing like some, goose that looks like 10 times cooler than the rest <laughs> so uh we're sitting there waiting i can hear them they're all just you know laying in the decoys are all right above us and uh we pull up and i guess these these speckled geese they're just rarer um to, than these canadian geese um but yeah gunner knew from 100 yards away that one of them was better than the others and someone got it mounted because of it they don't get them the one spec the one spec we killed all day. The one spec we saw all day long. They're sitting to you. Do you have a send it to you? Yeah. Text it to okay. You got your airdrop on? Uh, I don't really know how this technology works. I'll send it to you. <laughs> That's a, that, that video I sent you is actually from yesterday. Um, I'll send you another one from that hunt he was just talking about, actually. It was uh, when we had those clients from Louisiana down. Um, and I think it's actually the exact video he's talking about where I where he said uh where I said you should have done that um and they swing back around it's the exact video it's uh two minutes long you have to shorten it down but uh I just sent it to you okay sounds good but yeah no it's it's a it's an awesome feeling and you guys you guys have it figured out so they're called Canadian geese obviously because they come from Canada uh they migrate south right technically they're Canada geese it's Uh, a it's a species thing instead of a uh, what is it, race? Location. Location. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But they're not. Me and my English teacher got in an argument about that. <laughs> I can school man. Yeah, no joke. That's not good. But. So they're Canada geese, not Canadian, you idiots out there. So they come down, they migrate south whenever it gets too cold up there. Is that, am I right? Um, I mean, so we have. We call them our calendar birds. Um, there's birds that just kind of know when the migration starts. Um, right. They kind of just push in, not really forced by anything, but they just kind of start going south. Um, and those are kind of like the, the ones we'll see early season. That's behind you. I'm not bad on that. <laughs> and, uh, you can airdrop them. Now. So like when we've got, so our season started November 14th. Um, well, geese start November 7th. And typically we're not shooting big piles of geese until December. Yeah. Um, but we had geese early, and those were kind of the ones we call our calendar birds. Um, the big thing, a lot of people will argue what the main cause of the migration is. Um, 
lot of people say it's water. When water freezes, birds no longer have anywhere safe to sit. Right. So they push down. So how do you, is there any way to track, like, where these geese are going? Uh, yeah. So there's, I mean, there's geo-tracker, like, uh, there's multiple ways. A lot of it, the main way is a band. Um, and that's what, I mean, that's the holy grail of waterfowl hunting. It's what you're looking for. Um, it's a, it's literally just a piece of metal wrapped around a goose's leg, a duck's leg. Um, and all it is is, so when they're young, they'll catch them in their nesting area. They'll put a metal band on it with some numbers, a phone number to call or a website to go to. Right. Um, once that bird is harvested, so somebody shoots that bird, they go to that website, they put in the number on that band, and it'll tell them where it's from, how old it is, when it was banded, what species it is, all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Um, so they're, they're able to track a lot of the migration through that. But then um, in special instances, they'll put like a, a geo tracker, like a GPS type deal on it. So you can actually watch. I mean, this bird started in none of it Canada and it came to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, we'll say. Um, if you're shooting birds in Oklahoma City, you're better than we are. But <laughs> That's awesome. We killed them so, earlier this season. Yeah, you guys got banded um, before. Let me see if I can find the shot. That one band this season so far. Um, I think killed two last year. Two or three last year. So... That's awesome. Where were they from? That's what I'm trying to find. Um, the one was from Canada, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, it was. Uh, so the one we killed earlier this season, it says... It's not like a nine-year-old bird. It was... Its age was... It says hatched in 2013 or earlier. It was a male. And like you said, it was banded in... Canada. None of it. Canada. So an older bird for sure. Seven-year-old at least. So. It, that's awesome. So they, they, they've they flown a lot of miles. Yeah. Wow. Seen a lot of spreads. So where do they go down to? Uh, like how south uh, do they go? Do yes. I, I don't know where they stop. I don't know where they turn around. Yeah. They've got a cone somewhere down south. they got to go around and come back up. So. That's crazy that they know somehow. Um, all right. So I'm going to play this video. Let's see if we can. So right now there's some geese. They're circling in. That's Joey ripping the call right there. <laughs> I'm sure you'll hear the call squeak out in a minute. So this is what I was hearing whenever I was trying to go to sleep. What was this? this was yesterday. Oh, wow. This is crazy. The sky just goes black with geese flying into the decoys about 40 yards away. Uh, and then they kill them. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, all you, that's all I heard that night was... Those geese coming in. Yeah, I remember my first time getting there a big swarm. Because I haven't hunted big wads of geese for, I mean, three years. I've, I've been waterfowling as long as I can remember. Took a break for a while and got back into it about seven years ago probably. But I haven't hunted big wads of geese and for very long. Right. Um, but it's the first time I did, That's like you said, that's all I heard. That's cranes awesome. are even worse. They you would have heard cranes for like. days. I can't even do Come it, on, dude. It's crazy. Right Come on, just give me a little. Let me give you an actual representation of a crane one second. No, Joe, I want to hear what you're no, 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 Come no, on. <laughs> I, I, I'm not about to embarrass no, myself. No one's going to play it out there. They're not going to have some giant speaker using it to call in cranes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope not. That's illegal. Oh, okay. Let me is, that, is that illegal for coyote hunting? No. no so okay. For ducks, geese, cranes. Here's what a crane sounds like. Joe's doing this with his mouth. Right yeah, I'm telling. <laughs> Joe's and they are. That's not. They're loud. You'll hear them from two miles away, and you think they're right on top of you. The cranes are just stupid loud. And you'll hear that for like days. Yeah, that's awesome. I really want to get into a crane hunt. That'd be fun. Are they bigger than 
you know, oh, yeah. Canadian. Um, Canada. Really, <laughs> they're not. Really, they're not. I mean, like, their bodies aren't that much bigger than, say, like, a honker. But they've got... Uh, their wingspan is six crazy. A wingspan and a foot-and-a-half-long neck and two-foot-long legs. Jeez. They stretch. So how do you, how do you guys go about uh, cleaning them? Like... Just breast them. We breast yeah, them. We breast our cranes out. Some people take the drumsticks off. Um, yeah. We've done both. Upright guided that. Um, in northern Oklahoma, southern Kansas, we did both. Um, but, I mean, it's a lot of work for the two two legs. But we get, I mean, a steak per breast. So you're getting two steaks of crane pretty much. They're, they're that big. So Same with geese? Yeah. yeah. So what's and the best tasting geese? The best tasting geese are speckled Speckled Yeah, for sure. Um, we what are they taste like? Oh gosh, <laughs> not the best. To be honest with you, they're not the best. The greatest tasting bird. Like some people can make them taste like something you want to eat. But yeah. Like you overcook them, you're gonna know it. Yeah. And it's like medium rare is the specialty. What people say you couldn't pass that. So most of our most of our birds go to clients. Um, yeah. We give some to farmers that get hungry and eat them. Um, feed their kids and stuff. Like we get. Um, I mean, we kill enough birds that. What clients don't take, we've got some farmers that always are looking to feed their kids and put some meat on the table for their kids, and, and then we eat what's, ripped, what's left over. So Yeah, there's actually, uh, I mean, you can, there's surprisingly a bunch of people will take birds. Like, I know several guys that I can almost always call, yeah. and they'll want birds either for jerky or something. I don't know. Uh, we've made fajitas we, out we of We eat plenty food. of goose and duck meat that, I mean, yeah. if we ate. We could eat live off of it, honestly. Yeah. If we could legally keep every single piece of meat that we killed yeah. we could eat for probably a good year yeah um yeah but crane is delicious and it's Crane's good it's a it's people call it the rib eye of the sky it's more of a sirloin but <laughs> still good <laughs> steve vernella's uh, meat eater cookbook says uh sandhill cranes are the best of the best a crane breast is like some kind of magical fork tender steak if you get your hands on one cherish it yep. so it's I guess good. I need to taste some sandhill cranes. We uh, had some rough hunts with sandhill cranes early this year. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, but we, we killed a few. And uh, I we uh, had a bunch of friends over at the house that night, and we cooked it up. And um, not working with the best grill, uh, just college kids <laughs> on a little pro- – No, it's propane. Oh, shit. Yeah, we got up – oh, we upgraded a little bit. But um, we uh, – I marinated it for – a while um it didn't need to be marinated for a while but it was and right. just got busy got carried away through on the grill i think we had like four breasts maybe between like eight of us and we made do yeah and um it was good it's really good uh there was five or six people there that had never had it and they said i would definitely eat it again so yeah, that's awesome and there's some people that like don't eat much wild meat mm-hmm. either yeah um so they, uh, we kind of had the four skull people to eat it, but they, yeah, they liked it. Yeah. So with the first snow moving in in here in uh, northwest Oklahoma tonight, uh, what do you think the geese are going to be? Mm-hmm. How's it going to change things for tomorrow? <laughs> so Phew. that kind of goes back to the whole migration thing. A lot of people again think water is the key, mm-hmm. whereas if you ask me, food is. Yeah. You know, if there's ten thousand geese on the lake, they're going to keep that water open. They're moving around. They're warm. They're going to splash around. They're going to keep that water open. Where if you're covering up their food source in a foot of snow, I mean, they've got to go find food. Right. So um, it's either going to, like you said, it's our first snow this season. It's either going to hurt us really bad or it's going to, I mean, it's going to 
make the geese come alive and we're gonna gonna have a pretty good morning. So I don't think there's gonna be much in between. It's gonna be good or it's gonna be bad. So. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, tough, tough to keep it off the. I mean, keep, yeah, keep snow off the decoys. Um, like live birds, uh, obviously they have a little bit of body temperature. It's gonna melt the snow. They're gonna they shake the snow off. Yeah, keep their keep the snow off of them. Um, it's it's tough with when you have snow coming on the blinds. It's, the decoys. If it's actually snowing instead yeah. of just snow being on the ground, it makes it tough because, uh, like Joey said, decoys get covered. Um, yeah. Birds have a harder time seeing. It's right. measurably cold. <laughs> right. So uh, what's it what's it looking like for for the rest of the uh, the season? You guys need some you guys need some clients or. Um, I wouldn't be afraid to take one or two more groups. Well, probably about one group. Oh, one space. It's a race now. He's going to get it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take one more group between now and Christmas. Uh, so he said, I've got a couple groups that are waiting to get in. Um, and then I've got five rooms about one more. So how do these guys, how do these guys contact you guys? Instagram would be best. Or uh, Facebook. Instagram or Facebook's the best. Facebook's just Gunner's Guide Service. Instagram as well is just Gunner's Guide Service. It's no. where they can reach out to me or Joe personally. G-U-N-N-E-R, Joe Mayhew. Yep. All right. Well, uh, are you guys taking bookings for uh, 2021? I haven't opened books yet for them. Um, I'm probably going to kind of wait and see how second half of the season goes and then um, how I'm working in the offseason. Books will probably be opened up toward August, September. Um, I'll start getting – I know I've got some guys that were out with us earlier that are already – Messaging me, I've got like four groups so far that are wanting to get in for next year already. So um, we're looking, looking like we should have some action pretty early next year too. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll get that all lined up in August probably. That's so. awesome. All right, well, uh, you guys are killing it. I mean, if you guys, if you're out there in Oklahoma or Texas or I guess any surrounding state around Oklahoma, and you want to get into some goose hunting, sandhill crane hunting, or duck hunting, these guys have it figured out. Um, goose hunting is it's 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 so much fun it's more fun than i've had like i said i'm a deer hunter uh i sit in a stand and i'll kill one deer if that for an entire season and it is a lot of fun getting out there we're uh we're pretty partial to geese i mean i i love a good sandhill crane i i love shooting i love trying to figure them out um ducks i'm not gonna pass up a good duck shoot ever but i'll take geese in a dry field any day all right and uh Little brother wants me to give a shout out, Kevin. Oh yeah, had him on last weekend. He started out with four followers on TikTok, and the viewers, I guess, that we had from last podcast, he's now at two hundred fifty followers hey. on TikTok. Oh, so okay. thirteen year old kid, he's he's having a good time. He was texting me all week. He's like, "Oh, dude, I'm I'm going viral." <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But uh, give these guys a follow on Facebook, Gunner's Guide Service. We got Gunner Bullard, Joe Mayhew. Give them a follow on Instagram. Get in contact with them. You can email them from either of those sites and uh, or text them. And uh, these guys are killing it out here in northwestern Oklahoma. So give them a shout out. Thank you guys very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yep. Thank yeah. you. All right. You guys take care. You too.